So we're releasing uh, like a sequel to the first game we did, the Headmaster Ritual, today. The sequel's called The Beaten Generation. And uh, I thought since the Headmaster Ritual is like seven hours long or something, it might be nice if we put out just a five to ten minute recap of it so that people uh, want to know like some of the references that we're making but don't want to listen to seven hours of... Um, you know, admittedly spotty audio, this would be the way to do it. Um, so uh, why don't you guys tell me who you played in the Headmaster Ritual and the Beaten Generation? Uh, okay, I guess I'll go first. I played Rudy Clay in both games, obviously. A grizzled ex-cop turned private eye and magic wizard. I mean, music wizard. Magic and music wizard. I think both apply. Music magic wizard. <laughs> And uh, Gino. I played Martin Rothschild, and I was the prodigal violinist. A fancy, famous violinist who's known all over the place. But not so well known about him is that his violin is his catalyst for his magical abilities, such as, like, uh, firing magic bolts from his violin or making a barrier of sound as a protective shield, and sometimes uh, he's been known to make people blink out of existence with his violin. Uh, only happened once, but totally happened. I helped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty and sure there was were, one uh, time you took out your violin and became God. I seem to remember yeah. that. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a pivotal moment. <laughs> I took out my violin, I turned into God! <laughs> <laughs> Joke's just for us. I gotta put that in this episode. Um, the... Uh... <laughs> That's one of my favorite bits. <laughs> we were also we were joined by Andrew, who played uh, Jenny Haversham, who's sort of like a young teenage female John Constantine. I don't, do you remember, Chris? I don't know if you realize this or if you remember, but I we actually this game actually came out of you getting the Dresden Files RPG book. Uh huh. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes, I do. And then we yeah. And that sort of spun me into thinking that uh, both the stuff me and Andrew were trading John Constantine trade paperbacks back and forth at the time, Hellblazer trade paperbacks, and it made me start thinking about like there wasn't really a good uh, like Vertigo style role playing game setting, and that was like just really I just wanted to make Vertigo comics into a role playing game, and then I also wanted to shoehorn a bunch of Morrissey in there, so that was basically my <laughs> idea for this setting. How do you think we did on that? Not the shoehorning the Morrissey, you nailed that part. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we did okay. We definitely did okay. It's a nice I mean, world you guys we got set up. Yeah. You guys don't probably don't... Um, you guys weren't as into Vertigo comics as I was. I no, I <laughs> couldn't name you a single Vertigo comic except for Hellblazer because you just said it. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, given that, I think we did a great job. Nice. Thank you. So, basically, what happened last time was that uh, for various reasons, you all got together to investigate a Smiths-esque band called The Misfortunes mm-hmm. and the disappearance of the lead singer. And uh, let's see, what else happened? What was you, his name? His name was Barrymore. Barrymore, right. Because he so comes the back. Misf- yep, the, the band comes back and he comes back. He's actually in a bunch of the the next series. Um. Oh, I should mention Stephen, too. Stephen played as Alphonse Callahan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in most of the episodes. Will not be returning for the second season. No, will not be returning for But I think we mentioned his name a couple times. That was the other player character. Um, 
Yeah. There was a long bit involving uh, Thomas Lavinius, who was like an author. You guys needed to investigate. Oh, is he the weird dude with the horse? Yeah, he had like a. Oh, okay. Uh, this game's coming horse. back to me now. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we shouldn't recap it. <laughs> no. Nah, so that was episode, episode three. If you want to hear about, um, God, what was that thing's name? You don't. I it's all water right. cumbers. Yeah. Oh, I remember the water cumbers. I remember yeah. them fondly. And then there was chocolate the horse, and you call him that because you kicked off three one legged of legs. A oh, one leg Pete. <laughs> no. You yeah. You called him chocolate off, because you kicked so you off three chocolate. of his legs. His name was Chocolate originally, but they kicked off three of his legs in the throes of ecstasy, so it was one-legged Pete. I don't know. Listen to the audio. I think it's reversed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes but, more sense reversed. But and then um, he, there, there was a... Uh, there was, oh, sorry, I cut you off. Uh, it's, cool. it's fine. Okay. <laughs> he teaches us how to magically be turned into cats. Mm. And then the outer exactly. church is the cult that we become cats to sneak into then now that's actually stands as one of my favorite like role-playing nights was the night you guys all became cats um and it was drawn from actually from a very or the uh i knew there would be something involving cats because there's a sandman issue of sandman Mm -hmm. uh where it's like the story of like the dreams of cats and uh, it's it's just called dream of a thousand cats sandman number 18 you should all read it but uh yeah it's probably like maybe the best Sandman, like, one-off short story, right? So, yeah, you read that one? Yeah, I did get yeah. that far, at least. Me too. Yeah, that was that was a good one. And uh, that was sort of like, I was like, oh, I want to put cats in there somehow. Well, you did it. But then there was the... Yeah. <laughs> you did the hell <laughs> right out of it. And then um, I think you guys all playing as cats, like, real, like, a, just a pure, like, fun gaming experience. I think. Yeah, I enjoyed being a cat, from what I remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that led to uh, the introduction of Ithaca Stout, who was like one of my favorite uh, like NPCs I've ever played. She's the and worst. <laughs> her basic, her basic. I, I have one rule for Ithaca Stout when I when I play her, and that's it says she's always lying. <laughs> she's like she's a great villain. <laughs> oh, weird! I yeah. wish any of us had figured that out at any point. <laughs> yeah, she's always lying. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, there was a whole big thing where uh, that was uh, Martin, Gino's character's ex-girlfriend. She always lies. She's, she's a betrayer. And uh, there was a cool part where you guys go into Martin's apartment. Martin is still a cat, but everyone else is not. It's a cool bit. bit. He gets whisked then, away on accident by Ithaca Stout when he hops into almost uh, like unreasonably... Like, it was a really good role that made him like fly almost literally... <laughs> into the back of the car and then make off with him and the rest of the gang has to find him yeah (laughs) yeah it was pretty unlikely and it really it was kind of a one of those cool like monkey wrench moments that happens sometimes when like uh, you have I had a certain I had an idea of how things were going to end and then you doing that like really it actually made us have to do a special like break to get that situation sorted out yeah, he set up the whole like puzzle apartment that we completely ignored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there was a whole puzzle apartment. And we yeah. just like like oh here's the key, or whatever. <laughs> There's a bird cage. He just smashes doors and, <laughs> and rip apart his drawers and take all his shit. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah, here's a bunch of keys. Oh wow, that was a really good Rudy Clay. <laughs> Thank you. 
I've been practicing so hard for three days. And then, of course, there was the, uh, the final part where you guys freed Barry Moore, who was the Morrissey analog from the other church. Um, and I remember Andrew, Andrew got really salty about his idea that he had. I don't remember what the, exactly why this, where the salt came from. But uh, I remember editing it. I got really uncomfortable. <laughs> it sounds about right. <laughs> but then in the end, after the edit, it sounds really smooth. So the discomfort is gone. And uh, uh, it was a cool solution where the outer church was banished from England. Again, totally out of left field as far as I was concerned. And um, that sort of brings us up to speed. So I guess like takeaways, what you would need to know is really just that we've got like some like wacky music themed warlocks who get into funny Scooby-Doo style hijinks. And also Martin is a raging alcoholic. Martin is a raging alcoholic. Might be a duck. <laughs> Put it on my bill. Uh, that's actually a reference to episode one of the Beaten Generation, which you should find in your feed. And it's also in episode one of season two of Fate. Yep, that's exactly what I just said. <laughs> Wait, oh, in different words. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a call. They call back. It called. It's called back. I didn't know it was a call back. I just thought it was a call once. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said that a lot in the first. <laughs> it's in the yeah. first episode of both seasons. And that's it. Okay. So when the inevitable season three happens, you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have a season three. Uh, a lot of season three figured out. Good. Or whatever. Not season three, but episode three or series three or whatever you want to call Get it. Get ready to throw half of it out the window when we go off the rails. Yeah. Well, I think I already told you guys what the title of it was going to mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Then it was going to be set. Yep. So yeah, anything else you think someone might need to know before they listen to, to Bridge the Gap between part one and part two? Oh, yeah. Uh, in the end of the first season uh, Barrymore is trapped inside of a giant wicker man mm-hmm. and they're going to burn him alive for a ritual and also I vaguely remember oh yeah a scene where Jenny and Ithaca Stout when they're in the place where they're turned into cats I believe mm-hmm. when Ithaca escapes she leaves Jenny to die I'm pretty sure that yeah. happens that definitely happens mm-hmm. yeah and then uh, near the end, there's just a big, like, dick man monster. Hmm. That I don't remember. No, there's a yeah, whole orgy at the end. Oh, that what daddy, sounds like it daddy might have Loki. happened. Daddy Loki. Yeah. Yeah, there was a demon. Like, I wanted, like, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer demon style demon in there. But you gave him a huge dick. Yeah, because this is how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's a demon. That's just like, yeah, it's part of being sense. a demon. So that's uh, what you need to know to listen to the Beaten Generation. And uh, uh, I apologize for the audio of the Headmaster Ritual. Um, you know, but do listen if you feel like it. But if not, then here's this episode. Enjoy. It's better than the first season. Uh, it's different.